Hello friends, here we are again at the European Congress of Radiology in Vienna. This is Eric Renshardt from European Society of Medical Imaging Informatics. Today I was able to catch Bram van Ginneken, who is professor at um, the Radboud University in Nijmegen, and he's also the chairman of the Diagnostic Image Analysis Group. Bram van Ginneken is really a pioneer in the concept of medical image analysis and um, algorithms or machine learning and deep learning. So this is a very interesting person to talk to and please listen to this interview. If you like it, you can share it with your friends. Thank you. Hi, this is second part of our live podcast at the ECR in Vienna. And today I have invited Bram van Ginnigen uh, to talk to. So, hi Bram. I'm happy uh, that you're here. So maybe you can introduce yourself shortly or briefly. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a physicist by training and I'm currently a professor of medical image analysis at Radboud University Medical Center in, uh, in Nijmegen. And I lead a group um, of about 60 researchers in yeah, deep learning uh, image analysis uh, for various applications in radiology, pathology, ophthalmology, also radiotherapy. That's quite a large team, 60 researchers. Is this kind of unique in the Netherlands or uh, are there other institutions that you know of with this capacity? Well, you have a lot of large groups in, in medical imaging, but I, th I think this group is the largest uh, really with a focus on uh, deep learning image analysis. And the largest part of image analysis is for radiology or could you maybe give us some idea about that? Well, the, the, the fastest growing part is definitely pathology. We started in... Uh, 2013 with uh, one researcher basically and that that part is now 23 people so that's growing very rapidly because pathology is uh, going digital at the moment yeah. Um, but yeah the largest part is still radiology so and just out of interest what is the main source of funding for the research that's being done in this field uh, I think yeah we work a lot with companies because um, yeah, we have a very practical approach. We build algorithms that analyze images and we want to integrate these algorithms into the clinical workflow to have them really used on patients. And you have to work with companies to achieve that. But I, I think that's about 30, maybe a bit more uh, of our total funding, 30%. And the rest is yeah, public funding, grants from the hospital. Also grants from, for example, the European Union? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Bram, how do you think AI can create the most value for radiologists? Well, that, that's a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> I know it because I know that's difficult for you, but maybe that's why I'm asking it. <laughs> yeah, I think where we are right now is um, that we can build algorithms that can analyze medical images with the performance of human experts. And that's really a major breakthrough because I'm, I'm in this field for over 20 years and the first 15 years basically it was very difficult to write computer algorithms that were at the level or close to the level of a radiologist and then the, the value for radiology of those algorithms was quite limited. Now we can make algorithms that uh, really perform very well um, so the value for radiologists is um, 
that certain tasks, because that is the big limitation of the systems we have today, is that they only address a single narrowly defined mm. task. Yes. Um, so, but for these tasks, there's now software available for many of them. And I expect in the next 10 years, there will be many more of these mm -hmm. um, algorithms coming on the market. Yeah. So radiologists should try to integrate them into their workflow and that will save them time, make them more accurate. Um, and, and how to actually do that is also a tremendous yes. challenge which goes beyond uh, what a scientific research group uh, is dealing with. And how do you uh, define the clinical use case? I mean, you are developer, uh, developer, uh, developing algorithms and you have to make selections uh, for, let's say, the purposes of such algorithms. How do you make that selection? Well, you basically look for areas where you see um, that there's a lot of work done on a very specific, narrowly defined task. Um, and you talk to a radiologist, uh, you ask them what kind of tools would you like, um, and then you identify certain areas, and we typically then write a grant or work with a company uh, to build a tool for that. Uh, so that can be basically anything. It also really depends on the interest of a particular researcher. It's often a single radiologist in, that you're working with who is, mm -hmm. says, this is what we should work on, yeah. I can provide the data, and I have actually time to do research. This is a yes. difficult thing for radiologists yes, yes, usually. Yes. So then, then you start with a project, and if it's successful, the, the project grows. Yes. So you work in different fields of medical imaging, it's not only radiologists. Where can you see the most positive response of, let's say, the users or the, um, um, the specialists? I, I think if you make software that works, um, everybody who could use this software is super happy with it. Mm -hmm. There's a tremendous demand for software that works. I basically have people coming into my office almost every day, like, I am, I'm here, I have this data, I want to analyze it, do you have a uh, software for that, or can you make that? And I often have to explain that that takes a bit more time than, uh, okay, give me the data, in yes. two weeks it will be finished. If you have software that works, you have happy users, and that includes radiologists, but it definitely also includes referring physicians. Uh, so we work with pulmonologists, and they are super happy about the reports that we produce when we analyze the scans. Yes. And, and, and some even say, oh, and then I don't need the radiology report anymore. Okay. So, so I think all doctors yes. uh, can be happy users of this. Software. This may be an important question. So from which direction do you see most demand or the greatest need for this kind of applications? Is it really from radiologists or is it more from other specialties? Yeah, that is the pull or push uh, yes, question, yes. right? Um, I think both. Um, so um, I, I do see a distinction between um, software that would handle a task that is currently done by humans um, and could make it easier and faster and maybe more accurate to do this particular task. There's also a lot of software that's being developed that claims to do something that we're not do, doing now, some new imaging biomarker, new quantification software. Um, I think that will specifically appeal to the referring physician who just wants to know, uh, can I have a better way to measure response to or to predict response to therapy? And if there's some computer program that can do that, they, they will be very interested uh, yes. in that. But do you see actually other, and this is maybe the, the, the most the crucial element in my question, do you see other specialists that would like to you to develop algorithms that are used to analyze images instead of radiologists? 
Yes, of course. I mean, a big, a big example now is immunotherapy in oncology, right? This is very expensive medication um, that happens to work very well in a small subset of the patients uh, that receive that uh, medication. So I think like, everybody is looking, can we have better ways to mm. predict will this yes. immunotherapy, will this very expensive drug work in this particular mm. patient? Uh, so if, if you have tools for that and you can prove that they work, yes. uh, then oncologists will be super interested in, uh, in using that. So it would be actually very interesting for radiologists to have a look how clinicians to have a look at how clinicians are using these data or what kind of information they wish. Yeah, and what you see, of course, is that radiologists spend more and more time in tumor boards where actually a whole mm -hmm. team yeah. uh, makes treatment decisions and makes mm. uh, follow-up decisions yes. during treatment. And the, the crucial information could come from radiological imaging, but it could come from uh, genetic analysis or it could come from a combination of these mm. uh, factors. Um, and, and these are very difficult and ambitious projects. Uh, so, so it may be a whole team of doctors basically yes. asking for yeah. a particular solution for a patient group. Yeah. So maybe radiologists should learn how to look at um, imaging findings in a more holistic approach. So also uh, looking at the type of information that is desirable for, this, for the purpose of such meetings and for theranostics, as they say, for uh, let's say, making decisions in the treatment of the patient. Yeah, and I, I think that holds for the other members in the tumor boards yes. uh, equally well. So when we started to work in pathology, I'm seeing now much more that, that at the interplay of pathology and radiology, mm -hmm. there's a lot of interesting things you can do. But these are difficult projects to yes. set up. So yes. now I'm talking about developing something new, some new predictive tool, um, and these are long projects that yes. take like five to ten years yes. at least. Yes. On the other hand, there are also a lot of uh, smaller tools which could replace a particular task, which could end up being a button in your workstation, mm -hmm. which could just speed up your, uh, your daily workflow a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's important to distinguish these two yeah. types of tools, and maybe there are not only two, but maybe there are three or four of types of tools, because in the discussion now, People talk about AI as if it is one thing and what will AI do to radiology, mm -hmm. but that is simplistic, right? Because yes. it, it, it's a technology that affects the work of doctors at many different levels. Yes. yes. Do you think, well, there is a quest for medical data and uh, to develop these algorithms, um, and most of the research is being done in, in academic uh, institutions. Do you think uh, other radiologists should also be encouraged to engage more actively in, for example, collecting data and making these data available? And if you think so, yes, uh, how, do, how should they do it? What, would, what should be the best way? I, I'm not sure if most of the research is done in uh, academic groups. Uh, mm -hmm. I think companies also do uh, a large amount of research. Uh, for example, I said our pathology group grew from a few people to 23 people right now. Google also has 23 people mm -hmm. working on digital pathology. If Google sees potential, they can very quickly scale this up to a much larger right. uh, number of people. Right now, they, they stick to this uh, amount of people. But I, I think it's uh, very difficult in general in AI for academia to uh, compete with, uh, with companies that have more resources, that have also more computational resources. But you are right, what uh, the, ac the companies are lacking is the access the to medical data. Right. So as a radiologist, you could both um, 
contribute data to academic research, mm -hmm. but also to, to company research or maybe to a European or a national repository of yes. data for research uh, to which both academic groups and mm. companies could have access. And exactly. uh, yeah, you, you, you said it's a quest. I think that's mm -hmm. the right word. I mean, everybody's thinking about how to solve this problem. And how to set up, set up, set up such a platform. Yeah, many, yes. many companies are trying to do this, of course, yes. and, and societies are trying to do this, and individual research groups are trying to exactly. do this. Yes. But I, I think the positive thing definitely is, when, when we were starting with challenges, for example, uh, these competitions for algorithms 10 years ago, there was public data available, but not so much. And if you look today, there are so many public data sets already available. Maybe they're not always of a huge size so that you can really make uh, the best AI tool possible, but the situation has much improved and it's actually, there's so much public data already out there that it's yes. difficult for people, for researchers to find the right uh, public data. But then the quality is also, what, uh, the question is also, what is the quality of those data? How can you verify this? I think this is a very difficult issue. Yeah. I mean, they say about data science, 90% of the work is curating the data, 10% yes. is uh, the algorithms. Uh, now, maybe that's an overstatement, yes. but uh, it is definitely a very large part of the work to get a well-curated uh, data set. Yes. So maybe my last question, uh, Bram. Um, how do you think that radiologists uh, should engage or uh, what should they let's say, what should they do to um, uh, apply uh, artificial intelligence? Um, should they just buy the applications that are available or should they just active, become more active as well? What I think they should do is uh, team up together and realize that they are the users of this software and they should seriously test the algorithms that are available. And for that, you also need well-curated uh, data sets. Some validation and, scheme. And, and not just buy software from the first company that, that happens to yeah. walk into their uh, hospital. Right, so they should develop standards for validation of the algorithms. Yeah, and that's an ongoing process because if you test that now, the year, a year later you have to test it again. I mean, technology evolves, uh, CT scans are different three years from now than they were three years ago. There should be an ongoing effort to validate these algorithms. Right now, algorithms are validated, for example, by the FDA. That's a largely secret process where the company who develops the product actually is responsible for organizing yes. the evaluation. Yes. Then in the end, you get a stamp from the FDA. Mm -hmm. But as a user, as a radiologist, you have no idea how good this software right. really is. And instead of testing it with five or 10 cases yes. in your own hospital and doing that at every hospital, this should be a more coordinated effort. Yeah. I think. So the ideal solution would be a neutral platform with a public data set that can be used for validation, for example. Yeah, but if you want to use it for validation, you shouldn't make it public. It has, uh, part of it has to be kept yes, secret as of well. Of course, of yeah. course. Okay. Thank you very much for this uh, interesting interview, Bram. And uh, I wish you uh, um, good luck with your feature uh, research. And uh, I hope to learn from it and to hear from it more and more. Yeah, thank you very much.